This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The former ambassador to the United States, you'll remember him, Willie Lapo. Uh, he's my guest. We're going to be talking about BRICS, which is, of course, here in South Africa. The leaders have arrived all but one. All but one, of course, the Russian president is not here. But, of course, uh, we will have that conversation. He is participating. Uh, and, uh, of course, there's a storyline between, between all of that as well. So the leaders from the five-member group of nations known as BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa have begun their three-day summit in, of course, Johannesburg, and it started today, where they are discussing also amongst others, expanding the club that harbors ambitions. And I say this interestingly because I will ask that question also of the ambassador. Harbors the ambitions of becoming a geopolitical alternative to Western-led forums like the G7. And I think the G7 is what most people go and when they do define and when they do make comparatives, they do make comparatives with the G7. The latest gathering of leaders has gone at a level of international interest really seen at such at such occasions of of course BRICS where it was formed some 15 years ago Russian invasion of the Ukraine along with of course the trade war between Beijing and Washington have reinvigorated the debate over whether the bloc will remain a loose trade alliance or become a new international coalition Dozens of countries have expressed interest in joining, of course, and we'll talk to those as well. But let me bring Willilan Tlapo into the conversation as uh, I ha- uh, as we now begin that particular conversation. Uh, Ambassador, welcome to Power 98.7. Welcome to Power Perspective. How are you, sir? Uh, good evening, fine and you. I'm really, really good, Ambassador. Thank you so much for joining us here on Power Perspective for what I what I would uh, would consider a, a really, really important conversation. And 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 I'm glad I have you because I think um, you know you're one of those people who would be able to lead us in some of the directions where some of these questions are asked. Let me let me start, Ambassador, asking you. How big a deal? How big a deal is this particular? I was reading um, when I was reading the intro and I was I was reading from the New York Times. So internationally, this particular meeting, this one in South Africa, 2023 BRICS, seems to have garnered quite a lot of reportage, quite a lot of interest. People are looking at it, you know, differently uh, as to see where it will go or what or how it will shape from here on onwards. How how important is this meeting apart from the 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 BRICS initiative? How important is this particular meeting for for BRICS and then also all of the observers that are watching? Uh, thank you very much for uh, your 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 first question, sure. and of course, uh, let let me start by saying that uh, <clears throat> the BRICS has been established to promote the interest of the developing countries mm. and emerging co- economies mm. uh, to find the best possible ways of how to integrate mm. these economies within the global economy because up to now mm. up to now they've been uh, they've been sidelined mm. uh, and those relations have been skewed mm. 
there's been an element of termination, like in all multilateral institutions that uh, most of us have been part of. Mm -hmm. uh, Attempts to call for their reform have been resisted. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there have been genuine aspirations to try and find better alternatives to address uh, these broader challenges of peace development and development. Mm. Uh, and, and therefore, it was uh, very necessary mm. uh, for these countries to come together and forge a common partnership to act together mm. and to find solutions that will best suit the developing world. Mm. Are you saying... In, in, in essence, if I look at the generality here, generally speaking, these meetings are held to improve economic conditions within those BRICS countries and give their leaders, um, you know, uh, a, a, a platform, an opportunity to deal with the collaboration regarding those particular things. In essence, the basic, basic line, would it then be about, um, you know, I get the historical context sideline skewed, uh, the, re- the reform of the, the UN, which has been resisted, uh, and, and so better alternatives. But in essence, then, if, if, if there was one, one small, simple, particular, you know, uh, reasoning for, for, for the BRICS establishment um, and the meetings that they have annually to improve economic conditions within those BRICS countries, is, is, that, is that the one line that could work? Indeed, if you've been following the meetings that have been taking place here, uh, the sectoral meetings that mm. were a culmination of a, a series of processes of engagement uh, on a number of sectors, and including new areas that have not been explored before, mm. and the reports that are going to be tabled with recommendations on what needs to be done, uh, to consolidate the partnerships that uh, are being identified, the potential that exists, mm. and uh, to look at the challenges that exist at the moment and uh, to project on what is it that we can expect to be challenges for the future. I think today's meeting, mm. the first report back, has given us a very important uh, understanding of what this whole thing is all about. Mm-hmm. The report back of the business council mm. uh, to the leadership of the BRICS, to the principals, and their response mm. tells you uh, precisely how we want to move as a developing world, mm. as the BRICS within this particular uh, partnership, taking along with us mm. the populations that we represent as government. This is the message that was being sent through today in the initial response of all the leaders that spoke mm. after the presentation of the first report coming from the Business Council. It's very important because it dealt with very crucial areas of trade and development, mm. uh, which gives you a sense of what has been the status quo, what needs to be changed, and what clearly the aspirations are. Mm. Is it? Is it? Is it? And and I want to ask you. Let me ask you this question before I ask you about the the the, the lopsided arrangement first. Let me ask you this question: In in the world, would 
BRICS look at its equivalent or would people, when they try to make a, 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 a comparative um, you know, gesture with anything operating in the world. Would it be the G7? Would it be the, you know, the, the, the? Would that be the altern the alternative model to, to, to what we are seeing BRICS as? Germany, France, the UK, Italy, Japan, Canada, the US, and and then of course the EU combined as well. Is is the G7 what what in essence? Um, you know, the uh, comparative in the world that that is the that is the comparative. Well, you might want to do that, but that's not what the BRICS is all about. Sure. Uh, the BRICS is about the interests of the developing and emerging economies. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to compete with uh, uh, any uh, arrangements that exist amongst mm-hmm. uh, countries of the mm-hmm. same uh, uh, level of development, like the G7, which was G8 before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in in in, in essence, to... in essence, ambassador, maybe not not to compete, maybe not to compete, but but in essence, if there was a comparative organization, would it be the G seven, where 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 they would look after their interests, and where we're trying to build something that would look at the global south and 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 form an organization that does that. Yeah, but but uh, the reality, as we speak now, and that is not going to end. Yeah. Uh, any time now, it's going to take a long time. Mm. Uh, as our own president was explaining, we we have trade and economic relations with uh, all of those countries of the G7, mm. and that is why they were they, they were inviting us. That's why all of them have got an yearning to have a relationship with Africa, mm. uh, so that they can be able to continue. Uh, to benefit from our own resources. Mm. Uh, and of course, some of them uh, have been past colonial uh, uh, powers, and that creates uh, its own problems. Mm. Uh, and therefore, the question of reform, restructuring of the relations that exist, our quest for beneficiation, for instance, mm. Mm. our quest to industrialize, uh, our quest to trade, uh, amongst ourselves and to trade with the West mm. uh, on the basis of the terms that uh, uh, are also favorable to us, mm. uh, to be able to all jointly determine uh, how we do our trade, how we manage uh, the investments, how we manage our economic relationships, how we manage our cultural, uh, whatever aspects of uh, the existing relationships that we are going through today. Some of the challenges that we have with the World Bank and the IMF and the challenges within the World Trade Organization or other UN agencies and the UN itself mm. uh, doesn't mean that uh, because of BRICS or because of uh, this move towards multipolarity, mm. because that's what development represents, that there should be no domination, unipolar, unilateral actions that are taken by countries because of the power they have. Mm. Uh, And that we should have an equitable uh, relationship between countries of the world. Mm. And once the world is at peace, these are the things that are interrelated. And therefore, 
these arrangements that countries get into, mm. uh, like this one, it's not the only one. Mm. You've got uh, other arrangements, Southeast Africa, East Asia. Mm. They've got their own arrangements that enter into. You've got other arrangements that you'll find between, for instance, the U.S., uh, the U.K., and Australia. But they still continue to be members of the... Uh, uh, of the G7, mm. uh, even with the UK no more being part of BRICS, mm. but they are still all part of NATO mm. because they believe that seven certain common interests that it brings them together mm. that that have to nest, and therefore, I am saying that uh, we, as our president has explained on Sunday. Mm. When I was terrifying our foreign policy, mm-hmm. I think it was a good thing that he did that. Because I was trying to say to South Africans, why are we in this thing? Mm. Why are we hosting this meeting? So that we can be able to evaluate this BRIC summit after it has taken place mm. on the basis of a better understanding and a framework that will give us a sense of who we are, where we belong, and where we want to go to. Mm. And it's also not by accident, by the way, that the Secretary of the U.S. of the United Nations is coming. Mm. Uh, he doesn't normally do that. But there are issues that are being raised and discussed that has got implications mm. on the United Nations itself. Mm. Uh, and, and, and therefore, the opportunity for him to engage with these leaders, as he has been engaging with the others in other forums that they have, mm. uh, gives him a better sense of the understanding of the concerns that sometimes are being raised in three or five minutes that is provided for participation and engagement at the level of the United Nations, except when there are bilateral consultations. Sure. So it provides an opportunity for many things and for many countries to begin to consult on a number of issues that they would not necessarily have had the opportunity to do so. And by the time they go to New York to the General Assembly, Mm. there will be synergies that are going to where there will be a better understanding in terms of where we all want to go and to make sure that all of us continue to consolidate and protect multilateralism, which is also under attack. Sure. Ambassador, you, you, you mentioned various things in, 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 in that particular slot, um, amongst others talking about the Russian president, the war in Ukraine, uh, you know, the, 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 the interest of the, of the United Nations, uh, the G7, and, 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 and all of those particular countries as well. Let me, let me start, and you also then raised the issue of uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa having to define what um, neutrality also means and, and having to, you know, take various, you know, people into his confidence and suggesting various things about where South Africa stands as, you know, to the war in the Ukraine. Practically, 
that particular aspect with the war in the Ukraine has led to the Russian president not being able to to uh, visit and enter the borders of South Africa with all of those complications around him at this particular point. So that's the war in Ukraine. Um, that war in Ukraine has also created and, and, and created stark dividing lines between an Eastern-backed Russia and the West. And, and so with all of that, with all of that sitting and, and people watching how BRICS began to shape in its early days, particularly around this particular meeting, around the war in the Ukraine, how much of a weight, how much of a discussion point, how much of a, 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 a particular element is this particular aspect being watched, being discussed, being suggested that there might emerge an answer maybe and a way forward. How much of the weight of this particular conversation is on is within the responsibility of these five leaders at this particular meeting? So I'm very clear that uh, there's no misunderstanding between us. Yeah. A uh, block supported uh, Russia because uh, I'm not aware of any arrangement of that nature. Mm. And any block uh, that supports Russia. Russia in this war. Mm. China has. Oh, can we can we can we try to fix the line with 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 the ambassador? I think um, you know what the ambassador is talking about is really really important issues. So let's try to fix the line with with him. Twenty seven minutes past nine o'clock. My guest is Willie Slapo, former ambassador to the United States, and the line just breaking up ra- rather badly on the on the other side of that. Uh, Ambassador, you were beginning to answer that question, Ambassador. No, I was saying that this morning uh, when the President Ramaphosa Mm. uh, welcomed President Xi Mm. at the union buildings, he had indicated that one of the issues that they are going to discuss Mm. is precisely that one. Sure. Uh, To compare notes on the continuation of the engagement uh, following the African Initiative uh, on this piece on the uh, uh, around UK uh, and also from the Chinese side, mm. uh, because there will also be other discussions to try and get an understanding mm. of what happened in uh, Saudi Arabia, because there was another meeting mm, mm, mm. called at the behest of the Ukraine to discuss what is said to be a Ukraine peace process without the participation of Russia. Mm. Now, all of these things are very important uh, for us to be able to deal uh, 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 with them because we cannot pretend that the conflict does not have a negative impact Mm. on us. The question Mm. of grain, the question of oil, the question of many other things that come from both Ukraine and uh, Russia, uh, which has now been solved because the agreement on Green export has been stalled mm. uh, and it still continued to be re- renegotiated uh, by the Secretary General with the assistance of the President of Turkey. Mm. So there are processes that are ongoing to try and look into alternatives to the escalation of this war mm. and to try and find a peaceful resolution to the conflict around Ukraine. And, uh, and and Russia, mm. uh, it cannot be avoided. Mm. It, it's going to be a matter for consultation. 
In fact, all in fact, the countries mm. that had gone to Ukraine and 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 uh, uh, and Russia, I say, is part mm. of the African Peace Initiative. Mm. African countries that are going to come and participate here, including the Secretary General mm. of the United Nations, will all be keen and be interested as to what next. Mm. Because this issue, you cannot run away from it. It's going to come up again next month at the, the, the General Assembly of the United Nations. Mm. So it's a build-up to many other processes that are going to follow, where everybody is trying to find alternative solutions to the escalation of war. On the other side, we know we've had announcements today about uh, the possibility of uh, ensuring deliveries of F-16, F-16 uh, fighter jets to Ukraine. Mm. Uh, there will be an escalation of that, that war. Mm. Uh, and you are saying, no, we cannot. Mm. This is not the way to approach a conflict which had all the basis of being avoided and then resolved. Got you. Because there are the means agreements that were entered into Precisely because it was quite clear from the very beginning with the fall of the Berlin Wall that some of the security concerns that were beginning to emerge at the time would escalate. And one of them was the quest for the expansion of NATO. One would have expected that at that time there would have been a discussion about whether there should be a relevance for the continuation of the existence of NATO. Mm. But the opposite was happening, expansion. Mm. Of course, that had a very direct uh, security threat uh, towards uh, the Russian Federation, and they had to take that into consideration. Mm. And with what has happened up to now, uh, it is quite clear uh, that they were correct in expressing those fears and Mm. doubts. And now we've been told that the mixed agreement was just a way of buying time, uh, which is not an honest way uh, of trying to avoid a war. Because the fact that we had uh, that that so-called end of the Cold War and the emergence of the new world order, it was a strength in multilateralism and make sure that the UN continues to play the role for which it was established and that was to avoid another war. Mm. Ambassador, just just with the just holding on to the Ukraine element a little bit, how do you think that um, other partners within the the BRICS, you know, component engage an element where one member is fighting and exposed to various sanctions that are applied to it? Do you think that that also comes up as a separate conversation? You know, one one of these members is a direct recipient of sanctions from a lot of uh, countries in the world. How do you think that that conversation flows when that particular, you know, aspect is brought up that one of them is being exposed to sanctions? How do you think the other countries need or will react to that particular component. Yes, there's yes, there's various negotiations and conversations about an end to the conflict in general. But when we get to this particular entity where there are five countries and one is sitting and suggesting to the others, look, 
I'm in a very critical kind of situation here where I have sanctions being applied to me. How do the others engage that particular conversation, do you think? No, the question of the sanctions and the status of those sanctions. Will you learn, Flapo? Yes. Uh, let's try to fix the line again. We're gonna, it's 26 minutes. It's 26 minutes to the top of the hour. Let's see if Willila uh, and Flapo, let's see if we can fix that line a little bit. Uh, the question then to Willila and Flapo is, the former ambassador to the United States is, how do, we, how do the other countries engage the issue of sanctions? Ambassador, I'm hoping that we'll, we'll struggle along, Ambassador, to the top of the hour. Uh, it's an important conversation. Ambassador, you were answering the question about how other countries engage this whole issue of sanctions against Russia. No, I'm saying any form of unilateral sanctions that are, are being imposed mm. by anybody mm. will draw a negative response because this is not the way we would want things to happen. You see, when we talk about sanctions, we're talking about a lot of things here. Mm. Uh, once you say it's part of the sanction, RT must not be acceptable. So we must have one-sided information in terms of what is happening. Those are sanctions. We are being denied information and knowledge about a very critical development that affects us. And the decision is being taken and our trees of the air. Mm. So some of us have got to access it through uh, 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 different means. That's mm. number one. Two, you pose, impose a ban on SWIFT. So it means those who are trading with the Russian Federation mm, the financial cannot trades. affect mm. that trade in the manner that they would have done in the past to make sure that they pay for the goods and services that they are getting from the Russian Federation. Because of the system that has been very good for everybody. Mm. That is a Oh, ESCOM, ESCOM, ESCOM. Russia is not trading with itself. Trading with everybody, including ourselves. Ah, let's see if we can fix the line. Can we, can we just maybe redial? Can we redial him? Will Ilan Flapos see if we can redial and get him on a on a different line or on a stronger line? Uh, and I'll just wait. The question then, of course, is how other countries, how other countries will engage uh, that particular aspect of of um, sanctions against Russia. My guest is the former ambassador to the United States, of course, uh, known for that particular, and also a diplomat of sorts. Walila, Walila Flapo, you you were talking about, um, you know, who who trades with Russia. That's where the line went. Yeah, no, I was saying that everybody else trades with Russia. Mm. And uh, the payment system that was uh, in place was SWIFT. Mm. And once you block and remove uh, Russia from using SWIFT as a payment uh, a, 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 a system, uh, you are actually make it impossible for countries that are trading with Russia to continue to do so. Mm. But it becomes worse when you threaten those uh, who are trading with Russia that if they continue to do so, you'll also uh, impose sanctions 
on them because mm. they also trade with you. Mm. Because they also trade using the same system that has been accepted mm. as one that facilitated the kind of trade and economic relationships that have been existing all along. Is this kind of dominance that the people are resisting? Mm. You bar athletes from participating in competition. Uh, we are not even checking whether they are pro or against the war or where they stand. Simply by the mere fact of their citizenship, you impose sanctions uh, against them. I'm saying this is madness, actually. Mm. Once you do that, uh, everybody else uh, asks the question uh, as to what is the real intention in the end. Mm. Uh, because all you are doing, you are making it impossible for Russia to trade, to do all of the things that it wants. Uh, and even this grain issue was, was affected uh, almost in the same way, because if there's no guaranteed payments, what do you do? Mm. So you have to engage other countries, say, hey, let's pay each other in our currencies and find a form of ensuring that the trade between us continues. Mm. It's very disruptive. Mm. Uh, but I, I'm saying that all of this, I'm just unpacking these sanctions mm, mm, and how mm. they begin to impact on everybody else. Mm. You told the line, we are going to fix you. Mm. Uh, and, and, and this is not the way to deal with this thing. We have a problem, a necessary problem uh, with Agoa. It is being brought into this fall. Mm. And now what to deal uh, with Agoa and the U.S. Uh, around our trade uh, arrangements uh, in a completely different atmosphere, in a different way, not on the terms, but on the basis of how we voted in the General Assembly mm. on that resolution mm. that was uh, uh, proposed after the Security Council had failed to... Mm. And indirectly, uh, directly, we're impacted. Pardon? And uh, indirectly what? and directly, we're impacted. Directly and mm. even threatened, by the way. Mm. We're even threatened. So, so, and it's, we're not the only ones. Uh, it has been mm. happening all around. Mm. And these are the things that we're saying must come to the end. Mm. We can't have a world where uh, 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 this is the way that we're going to have uh, international relations and, and the multilateral system being undermined if it cannot achieve the aims and objectives or the interests of a singular country or a group of countries, mm. uh, then we find ourselves in a situation that, that collective punishment that is meted against us. And the other question that you raised, mm. BRICS is not a military bloc. So we're not going to say, as a question you're posing, and Russia has not said to the BRICS countries or to anybody that because we find ourselves in the situation in which you are, come and join us in the war. Mm. Because there is a collecting, collective of countries around this military bloc called NATO, mm. all of them removing funds, their budget to deal with their own domestic challenges and problems. Uh, providing arms and ammunition and even sending forces uh, clandestinely to train and, uh, uh, and and make sure that this war escalates. Mm. 
They have not said, come and join us to fight this war. They are fighting it on their own. Mm. They are fighting it on their own. Ambassador, and all mm. the other provocations, if anybody hopes that there will be a response mm. that will make the military industrial complex in the West, and particularly in the U.S., uh, have a lot of money, because that's this what this is all about, mm. selling of arms. Selling of arms. The military-industrial complex, that penalty. Mm. Right now, there's a problem in Hawaii. And, and that's not people even a conversation saying, we're having, yeah. Mm. And people are saying in the U.S., hey, don't stop bothering us about this Ukraine. You must actually begin to discuss it. We've got problems here. Mm. There are fires everywhere and floods in Europe. And money, budgets are being spent to buy weapons uh, to send to Ukraine. Massive weapons. Mm. How many people does the Ukrainian army have to absorb and use those weapons? How many? Mm. Ambassador, you... you, To what extent? mm. To solve which problem? Mm. Ambassador, you're talking about Agoa and, and, you know, and those, like you said, also threatened amongst others. And, and there's, there's a particular narrative around South Africa's involvement in BRICS and then the, 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 you know, our stance at the United Nations and then also various, you know, statements made by the U.S. ambassador to South Africa that, that led then to, you know, a particular vessel and an investigation into what was loaded onto that yeah. investi- into that vessel itself. Just from a, that particular narrative that, the West then begins to perceive of South Africa and where it is in the international world and where the West perceives South Africa's political stance and foreign policy to be. You started talking about AGOA. What are the other are the potential, you know, uh, devastating aspects or, or incidences that could impact on us? Uh, we've seen issues of grey listing, which maybe, you know, through our own doing, we were part of. But purely by being in association and or a narrative created around South Africa and BRICS and its association, we already can see the conversations around Goa and all of the other conversations that are happening. What are the other consequences for a country like South Africa, homegrown South Africa now? with this particular narrative that is that is thrown around? No. They've been irritated by the fact that we did not want to take sides in what we're being pushed in, in those non-binding resolutions that were tabled in the General Assembly. Now, General Assembly, everybody's got an equal vote. Mm. So 193 countries voted. Majority of them voted for that resolution the number of countries that abstained, Mm. and those that voted against. We are one of those few that abstained, Mm. but we singled out for punishment because, I don't know, what is the reason why people think we we can't think and take an independent decision that we're not going to allow ourselves to be pushed into a situation where people say, take sides or perish. And he said, no, but this is not the democratic uh, approach to what, what the United Nations is all about. We've got a vote like anybody else. We're now going to exercise our vote in a manner in which we deem fit, uh, like everybody else. 
and therefore other things must not be brought in and we begin to be punished. And the point of reference is what we've said. And we're being challenged that this non-aligned position that we've adopted is actually not the real a post, it's just a posture. Mm. Mm. That, in fact, uh, we are part of the problem that we have actively supported the war. This Lady R thing is part of that narrative. Mm. Mm. What has been put in front of Agoa by those four senators uh, around Agoa to the administration was based on the men in which we had voted, mm. that we have taken sides who are against the fundamental interest of the United Nations, is their own politics, they must not drag us into it. Mm. Let what? them sort out their own men. Agoa is and one... When it comes to other things, let's deal with them. Mm. Agoa is we're one consequence. We're going to host Agoa and we'll be able to solve the problems because they need us and mm. we do need that Agoa like them. Mm. So, so you're of the opinion, actually, that whilst they make the threats, actually Agoa is going to be continued. Come, I think it's come 2025, and and actually their whole intention is to to continue with Agoa with us. But at this point, they use it as as weight over us. Is is that your opinion? No, from the time I was appointed uh, as ambassador to the U.S. for the two ambassadors before me had already mm. started dealing with this thing. Mm-hmm. When the question of the criterion of participation in Agoa was being reviewed. Mm. And the issue of South Africa, because of the manner in which we benefit and the diversified manner in which we are taking advantage of Agoa and then be able to reap ben- some benefit. It's not a one-way thing because it's a mutual mm benefit that accrue out of those arrangements. The fact that we don't pay tariffs, it's to our advantage. Say no, but you cannot allow this situation. Mm. This is supposed to be meant for countries with a particular level of development, and South Africa does not belong there. Mm. That was the argument in the beginning. And we continue to the two they were still dealing with the same issue. Uh, uh, to say, and this is all has to do with the review of Agoa. Mm. Uh, it's periodically being reviewed. And when this element of review comes under discussion, mm. there are those who always remind uh, the Senate, because it's a, 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 it's a Congress decision, remind Congress that, by the way, there has been concerns around South Africa. Uh, which escalated at a time when we banned uh, U.S. chickens mm. and opted for Brazilian and Australian chickens at the time of the of the bird flu. Mm. It caused a storm. At some stage, they were banning our oranges from uh, the BDL because of some sports for phytosanitary reasons. And it was in retaliation. So we've been dealing with this thing, some of us, directly. Mm. I spent the, the time in the U.S. dealing with it and those that came before me and those that followed me. Mm. So these are the issues that we are used to. And these are the trade barriers that will come from time to time. Mm. So trade is not a smooth one-way a, a, a road. There. It's bumpy because there are interests that are involved. And in the United States, if a particular region is impacted 
negatively by whatever arrangement which they have in any country. Mm. The Congress people who come from there will raise it in Congress because that's how they survive. It's the interest of their constituency that they have to protect. Mm. And one has got to understand that side of U.S. politics. But at the same time, uh, we also have to make sure uh, that whatever arrangements that we have in cases of trade and whatever, we sustain them with all the difficulties that will go. Just like we have the uh, uh, special trade arrangement with the European Union, Mm. very bumpy. It continues to be problematic. Now they've also tried to create problems around the uh, oranges. They want to put some barriers and it's something that is... But we'll have to engage them and be able to say, no, it's not correct. This is not the way. These are not the terms that on which we have to trade. Sure. We all have to be governed by the WTO rules. We're all members mm-hmm. of the WTO. Ambassador, if there are issues, we have to deal with them there mm. at the end. But these ones are bilateral arrangements, and let's deal with them. Mm. There should be no unilateral action if there is unhappiness on any bilateral arrangement, because it's an arrangement that is mutually beneficial between two countries. Mm. You um, either end it on the basis that has been agreed that well we'll have this agreement in force mm. and these are the ways and the reasons which we'll have to end them because mm. it's mutual mm. so it can't just be an abrupt thing they're not doing us a favor by the way sure ambassador let's talk expansion um saudi arabia uh, the united arab emirates egypt algeria argentina mexico nigeria our foreign minister says those are the countries that have applied, seven countries. She also uh, has spoken to around 40 other interested countries. And some, of course, will be here with observer status and interested and, and sending delegates to be part of, you know, the, the, the whole meeting so that they can assess for themselves. But seven, seven countries have applied. Um, expansion is, is, is 15 years in, the 15th summit. Expansion at this particular point, something to, to really begin to take on board. And, and when I talk about expansion, I want to bring in the monetary aspect of that because there is, of course, now the new development bank, which was BRICS Bank. So that was started in 2014. And it was started almost as an alternative, of course, to the World Bank and the, and the IMF. But there's also that important component, which is the contingent reserve arrangement, which is the liquidity mechanism and, and supports members who are struggling with payment. If, if my memory, and I've jotted it, and I've, and, I've, and I've just jostled my memory. If that is particular, those particular aspects speak directly for me to expansion because a lot of countries who are either borrowing money from the World Bank or the IMF are beginning to talk about the difficulties in that particular regard and that one of the reasons they'd want to be joining amongst others also BRICS is because there's a new development bank uh, which is the alternative, and then of course that contingent reserve arrangement, which then uh, supports member states, is 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 that an important enough criteria, or is it the criteria when it comes, of course, to assessing 
whether there are going to be new members and who those new members will be, because obviously those new members will almost immediately start partaking in that particular space. You know, when the BRICS uh, ministers of foreign affairs met in Cape Town mm. uh, a few months ago, uh, one of the issues that they had to look at are precisely the question that you are raising. Mm. And some of the countries that are interested in becoming part of the BRICS uh, attended that meeting. And there were some engagements with them. And... Mm. Uh, our minister this morning indicated that they are waiting for the uh, foreign minister of India and Russia Mm. uh, so that those who have already been here can be able to have a meeting today in the afternoon to take forward the recommendations that have come up so that they can place them to the leaders uh, to consider in their retreat. And I think uh, uh, President Ramaphosa did indicate that is one of the issues that they're expecting recommendations on, which they're going to have to deal with during the time of the retreat. Mm. Uh, And the other issue that you have raised, uh, I'm not sure if you followed uh, the feedback that was read by Sim Shabala Mm, mm, mm. uh, on behalf of the Business Forum. Mm. Uh, he exactly addressed some of the issues and problems that you are mentioning Mm. in terms of uh, the relationship with the business community and the funding uh, and the model that uh, they are expecting and hoping will be adopted by the Mm. BRICS Bank. Mm. Uh, There are some recommendations in as far as that is concerned. And even the question of the payment in terms of... uh, what should happen uh, in the trading that is going to be taking place? Because moving away from the dollar or dollar anti-dollarization mm, mm. is not going to be an immediate thing. It's not going to happen now. Mm. Uh, and we've got to take those things into reality. That's why the arrangement, preferred arrangement at the moment, is that let's pay each other on the basis of our own currencies. Mm. And that can be arranged between the central banks as to how you effect that. And these are some of the things that the African free trade uh, 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 outfit is busy with there in Accra trying to shape up how and what system and forms of payment Mm. that we are going to effect in order to promote intra-African trade. So it's a discussion all around Mm. in terms of uh, how to deal with this thing. Mm. So that you don't have people who are going to say, as long as you use our current to trade, we are going to decide what happens mm. if we think that you are no more uh, doing or towing the line. Or in your behavior and the decisions you are taking against our own interests, mm. we'll therefore punish you. Mm. Uh, and the question of the reserves from the business forum, they also raised that thing. Mm. That that's one of the things they hope will be looked at by the BRICS Bank together with the African Development Bank mm. and share and compare notes as to what would be the implications of all of these things because you can't just think that you can wake up and then tomorrow uh, things are just going to simple 
a workout like that. There are many things that have got to be done. Mm. Uh, so this is work in progress. Mm. So they'll make the recommendations in all the sectoral meetings that have taken place. And the leaders are going to be uh, uh, responding. That's how the agenda is being structured. And by the time this meeting ends, by the time the declaration that is being currently negotiated takes shape and adopted, already if we've been following what has been happening in the meetings, like the one that took place today, mm. we'll get a better sense of the prospects and challenges of what this whole development means. Mm. It's a working process. Sure. Ambassador, in, in just to round up the conversation in, in about two, three minutes, uh, just to round it up for us, we've, we've got all the countries here. Uh, Vladimir Putin is obviously going to be online and he is not in attendance as 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 is in 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 you know in uh, in the meetings and um the world is watching uh, what is what is your view of how this particular meeting in south africa is going to pan out what is your view as to what progression gets made from this really important meeting we're having in the country right now well, it's not just my view. It's an assessment that everybody is making sure. in terms of the progress that is taking place up to now. Since some of the forums were put in place uh, to engage on different issues, uh, universities have been engaging, looking at science and technology, cooperation mm. on a number of areas and research, uh, 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 so they will also be tabling their own report. The security ministers met for the first time. They were looking at cyber uh, threats mm. and other new threats that perhaps need to be taken into account because uh, you need peace and security and mm. stability for development to take place. So anything else that uh, can be a threat, you have to find a way of how do you manage it. Mm. It is quite clear, even now, uh, we have uh, SMMEs meeting, including some that were making proposals on the township economy. What is happening at the Galaga Estate has attracted a lot of people with the participation of some of the African countries. Already there's a display of what is possible, mm. what the future entails, and the direction in which all of us want to move. Mm. And the obstacles are being identified because they are known. And the new ones that are likely to emerge because of the reactions that we have seen up to now. And then be able to forge ahead and make sure that we create the world that we want. Mm. Peaceful, stable, cooperative, mutual respect. Mm. Willie Lanslapo. Thank you so much, sir, for joining me here on Power Perspective uh, for what obviously is a very, very important conversation uh, in in the in the space of international uh, eco- economics, business, politics, socio-economic issues, everything. Thank you so much for joining me here on Power Perspective tonight, sir. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. That's Willile. Nslapo, former ambassador to the United States, talking to us there. He enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed the conversation here. 
You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.